It is Tuesday, June 30th, last day of June. All right, yeah, welcome everyone to Living Room Sports Talk. Kira McCauley, Zach Rothenberg, we got the great Joe Paquette with us in the studio this time. In the, actually, he's actually legit in the living room, too, so that's that counts for some bonus points here. He's in the in the real authentic one as I'm bunkered down in my temple cave over here, <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, it's good. It's always good to have a good old Joe P back on the on the show. I think you yeah, did, was this your was first it, one video of the early one? mornings or late? It is my first video one. I believe I was on your second recorded audio podcast, or not your podcast, but your second recording. I did that. We did uh, preparation for March Madness before the world went crazy. <laughs> hey, Joe, you excited about Penn State making a run? Like, there, there's Trim. your clip, Jesus, like, <laughs> good God. That, I mean, all right, well, we, let's let's exercise those demons, actually, for a second. Why not, right? It's last day of June. That's perfect time to talk about March Madness. <laughs> um, right? But, all right, like, you guys got to paint me a picture of what, what you're feeling with, with that right now. As we're, especially, actually, let me, let me put it back in this way with this question. I know you guys were, were hurting a lot with Penn State not being in the tournament. A lot of fans were hurting a lot with, with March, Mon- that March Madness, obviously, not coming to fruition this year. Um, but with everything, not to like make the question sound like, but now that it looks a little bit more serious to me, we thought like, is there any closure? Like, do you feel any better that like kind of this thing's leaking now into football season that it's not like, Oh, it just took March Madison away in two seconds. Well, honestly, as a huge sports fan, no, if I was just (laughs) a college basketball junkie, maybe it would be kind of that misery loves company type deal where it's, it's, you say to yourself, okay, it took out. The normal part of MLB took out the second half of NBA and NHL. So, you know, maybe if I don't care about those sports as much, I'm like, okay, no big deal. But as a huge sports fan, as I know we all are, it's just, it it doesn't, it's just one thing after another. And to that point, we're hint, we're kind of clinging to whatever we can. We're getting huge and we got huge into Bundesliga we got huge into <laughs> yeah. Premier League which we're hanging Looking on at now Belarus soccer lines at eight o'clock in the morning <laughs> absolutely and to tie it back to college basketball as a Penn State fan even with the knowledge of knowing COVID canceled everything it canceled the Big Ten tournament canceled the actual NCAA tournament they weren't trending well they really hit a bump at the end of their regular season schedule. Honestly, I thought they were going to lose maybe their first or second uh, Big Ten tournament game. I thought they would maybe get, be lucky to win one NCAA tournament game. After that, I honestly think they would probably be one and done. Uh, so really, the shine got kind of got taken out of the Penn State basketball season even before uh, COVID kind of <laughs> took away March Madness. But That's a really, fair assessment, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where you know it's probably not going to end well for them, but you at least want to say you saw them make the tournament again. And to think back and tell yourself that you didn't get that chance to see them actually take the court and yeah, at least fight for their season, that definitely still stinks. Yeah, it's, it's like – a lot of question marks, right? So yeah, they were trending down, but who knows? Could they have turned it back on in the, for the big tournament? We don't know. Um, yeah, like you said, absolutely, the trend was not pretty, but it just it sucks for me personally because of all the question marks and the unknowns of what could have been and can we do that again next year? We'll see, I guess. Right, and that's what's so tough. I mean, how how are you going to take people's? I mean, I'm not like trying to make that <laughs> argument like right now in the moment, but it's like how are you actually going to take people's eligibility that year away? But you're not going to actually have what was really the whole point of having the eligibility in the first place to win a championship. I mean, isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. It stinks. It stinks. All right. But all right. Enough of the bad memories. Let's let's get it. We'll jump into a little clickbait here. 
uh, to get the ball rolling. So, so Zach, I'll, I'll bat lead off this time. I feel like, you know, the whole baseball. Right? Yeah, right. kick it off. All right, so, yeah, I might as well. All right, so uh, just making baseball analogies. I'm going to bring up a football clickbait. That's that's great. That's great hosting. All right, um, but CBS uh, dropped out. Sean uh, Wagner uh, was, the, was the author of this piece, um, putting together a little top 10 coaches in the NFL. Excuse me, I'm like, I'm like getting indigestion just looking at this. Um, so, yeah, you can see the list. It's not good. It's bad, actually. But, um, right, you, all right, you can see the names on there. Mike Zimmer found his way on there. How about that? Um, right, it's just kind of all over the place. It's just one of those typical articles where, like, they sprinkle a little bit of the old coaches, a little bit of the new coaches, a little bit of the coaches that are questionable. Just like, hey, let's spice it up a little bit. I just – Mike, first of all, Mike Zimmer should not be on that list. Just, just throwing that out there. But, uh, and that's not me being anti-Vikings. It's just that's the sore thumb that stuck out of me on the list. I just felt that, that the whole thing was just a bunch of malarkey. Yeah, and Sean McVay is another one, and he's sixth. Yeah, well, I thought he was the best coach ever last year. Remember, he couldn't forget a play from like 10 years ago. Like, yeah, right. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many different ways you can go. I feel like you're close to one of the coaches that should have been on the list, Karen. Like Matt LaFleur going 13-3 and three in his first season. That's not so bad. Uh, I mean, obviously, I thought Doug Peterson, he won the Super Bowl two years ago. And then, oh, by the way, he, no offense, Joe, he took a bunch of guys on a practice squad to the playoffs last year. I mean, come on. Like, why is he sitting at nine? Like, if he's on the list, he's got to be lower. <laughs> like, if you want to make the argument, oh, he hasn't been a coach long enough. Like, I wouldn't take that excuse. But if that's the excuse, okay, fine, whatever. But, like, if he's on the list, he's got to be lower. But then Sean McVay shouldn't be on the list then if we're talking about tenure as a coach. Yeah, well, like, why is he better than Doug Peterson? Great question, considering Doug won the Super Bowl and Sean McVay didn't. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, it, and, and it, it's – Go ahead, please. Because um, great, like, there's so many ways you can take it. One and one other, I guess, way is another another person, <clears throat> Mike Tomlin. I mean, last year he was dealt <laughs> a lot of things, but like they didn't really do much with it. So overall, is he probably one of the better coaches in the league, possibly? But from last season, didn't do anything special to me. So it's just there's so many holes in this list. It's like, what is he just on there because he's the Steelers coach, and we just recognize the Steelers as a team that doesn't suck? I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Apparently, no, I don't know. It's it's well. Is there anyone that you feel like should be on that list that that wasn't? I mean, Matt Lafleur is the biggest one for me that sticks out. Um, I think that's the pretty obvious, the pretty obvious answer. Um, trying to think. Who Was, else? Let me pull up. Let me actually pull it up one more time. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I can't believe I'm saying this. With everything I'm looking at, why isn't like Ron Rivera still on there? If you're gonna give Mike Tomlin the nudge, like why not put Mike or Ron Rivera on there? I know he just got fired, but he, I mean, come on, like, he took a team to the Super Bowl and he went 15 and one. Yeah, if the list is best coaches overall in the NFL, absolutely you should be on there. But it's kind of a vague, it's kind of a vague category. I feel like. Hey, can we please for a second? Why, why does everyone love Sean Payton so much? I can keep going and ran on why I'm asking the question, but I, I right like I just don't understand why everyone's enamored with the Saints when they haven't won a Super Bowl in over ten years. Right? You mentioned and I'm not trying to be that guy, right? But it's like you bring up the Packers and Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. It's like, oh well, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry that the Saints haven't done anything either. But everybody just reveres them as some great team all the time. Oh, well, they're there, they're there, they're there. Dome, Karen. It's like, okay, I, so. Yeah. What about uh, Coach uh, McDermott for the Bills? He basically yeah. helped turn around the whole franchise. They made the yeah. playoffs, what, was it two seasons in a row now? Bruce or? Arians is another one that would be a, a fun name on there. Absolutely. So McCarthy, there's maybe? Definitely, yeah, there's definitely. <laughs> that guy, but I mean, right? 
if yeah, if they're going to view it as best coaches in the league and not like from recent year a year or two, absolutely he he should be on there. It's just a very vague list, in my opinion. It's horrible, but I feel like your list is worse for your clickbait. <laughs> all right, let's jump into it. Um, all right, Zach, I'll let you I'll let you hi- highlight it up. Yeah, so Joe, I'm going to lean on you for a little bit on this one. So, uh, 94.1 WIP uh, came out with the Goat of Broad Street list, um, and they they listed the top 20 greatest, I guess you know, professional athletes in Philadelphia sports. Um, and Allen Iverson was number one. That's not necessarily where my my gripe lies per se. It's more so. I can think of a couple of other guys who should easily like the first, like the first name I thought of, which it might be a little bit unique was like Bernard Hopkins, the, the boxer out of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. He was the old, the oldest ever boxing um, champion in, in the history of the sport he, at, at 48 years old. He had a 55, eight and four record. I mean, this guy was a legend. He's a, he's a, if he's not already in the boxing hall of fame, he will be. Um, absolutely missed that one. In my opinion, like Jason Peters at number 20, I get it. He won a Super Bowl. And he's one of the. He's a great offensive lineman. I'm not, not knocking him, but I think you could put Bernard Hopkins at least at 20, and I also think you could probably put Roy Holiday at, at 20. I mean, the guy did have a perfect game, a no hitter for us. Uh, his, his, his tenure in Philadelphia was probably was not the longest, but I think it warrants a little bit of consideration. Um, I mean, Jimmy Rollins, great player, but we're talking about a guy who didn't run out ground balls, and he's he's what 15th on the list. <laughs> Why is Eric Lindros 14? <laughs> I mean, well, right. And, and, and I have to say this, and I'm sorry, Joe, but I mean, Nick Foles at nine, I understand won the Super Bowl. That's a, it's an incredible run hall of fame, like type of run. You know what I mean? But he, in his whole career with the Eagles in five seasons, he started 36 games when you consider the playoffs. Right. So that's an average of like seven a season. So he didn't really have much time with the Eagles, but I guess what he did in that time, is what got him at the number nine. And maybe they were just doing a spinoff, like, you know, Nick Foles, number nine, we're going to give him nine. Yeah. So um, I, as I don't know, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I feel as I get older, especially um, these lists, whether it's, you know, the top 10 NFL coaches, it's the 20, 25 greatest Philadelphia sports athletes of all time. I think a lot of what goes into the list making that we see is relatability and whether it's due to time or it's due to star power. I, I believe that's why Allen Iverson is number one and why Jason Peters is number 20, because if you're taking in, if you're trying to take into account your whole uh, fan base, you have to say, okay, well, there's probably kids that are 20 that really, they didn't see Dr. J play. They didn't see Moses Malone play. But they probably did see, if not um, while they were watching that year, they saw clips of Allen Iverson. They can relate to Allen Iverson. They can relate to Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl. Or their and, older brother or someone could tell them about Allen Iverson. Right. And that's kind of where my gripe with all these lists come is it's, it's all subjective. And if you're really trying to say who is the greatest of all time as a Philadelphia sports athlete, I definitely feel that obviously being a champion comes into play. And, you know, you don't want to knock Allen Allen Iverson. Obviously, he's one of the greatest Sixers to ever play. But to say he's greater than Dr. J, I think that's really insane. And, Zach, to your point, yes, Bernard Hopkins is one of the greatest Philly boxers of all time. To run off that, I would say Joe Frazier is probably the greatest Philadelphia boxer to ever 
you know, come out of Philly. I'd say he's one of the greatest of all time. He went toe to toe with Muhammad Ali. Yeah, he's 13 he, on this list. <laughs> he's got to be top five. And that's like guys like Joe Frazier, just because, you know, he boxed in the 70s, 80s. There's, there's people that can't relate to that. And I, I think that's kind of where these lists get skewed. No one really, if you're going to make a list, I think if you're going to go to that level, you have to really take into account, okay, you know, there's different decades, there's different decades of sports, uh, sports might change, but if we're really trying to take it into account, guys who were the best at the time they were doing their thing, you definitely have to take that into account. As much as I love Reggie White and he's a Hall of Famer, I don't think he's necessarily in the top five because he didn't win a Super Bowl with the Eagles. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, but let's not forget he won his Super Bowl with the Packers. Um, that, that was yeah, out of his let's, control. Let's not forget it, yeah. Yeah, that was out of his control because he was a free agent, and that's how a free agency really kicked off. He shouldn't have been able to walk, but I digress. So really, when I, when I see Allen Iverson over Dr. J and I don't see Joe Frazier near the top 10, that's where I kind of say, all right, this list-making thing, it's all really subjective, and you really can't dig that deep into it. Oh, yeah. And like to that point, that's why it's clickbait. They just want the clicks. They don't actually want people to remember it for being a good article. And how's Will Chamberlain not on that list? <laughs> He's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. The thing is, everyone's going to say, well, that was, you know, 50, 60 or 50, oh, yeah, 40 years count. ago. That doesn't the count. The game's changed. And it's like, oh, well, okay, the game changed because Will Chamberlain made the game change. Yeah, exactly. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Thank and you. Sport ha- and what sport hasn't changed? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did it bob a little yeah. bit? Yeah. yeah. John LeClaire is not on there. Simone Gagne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, Keith Primo. I'm, I'm just trying to think of some fires. I mean, and then mm-hmm. it, that's and, just so WIP. Yeah. And you can argue Randall Cunningham should be higher, in my opinion, because he was one of the first quarterbacks to be, to bring the run threat, have that running threat to the quarterback position. Right. I mean, yeah. He's the precursor to Michael Vick. I don't think there's a Michael Vick or there's not a Michael Vick in 2000 without a Randall Cunningham in the late Clark, 80s, early 90s. Or does Steve Carlton have to be eight? All right, looks like it looks like we're green. Looks like we're back up and running. You just got, you know, this is what it's all about. You just gotta love a good old fashioned poor stream, you know, you know, on a Tuesday night, right? But here we are, right? We're we're back, we're up and running. Here we go. All right, look, I'm gonna have a sip of my ginger ale here. Is that ginger ale spiked by any chance? No, it's not actually, dude. I'm still <laughs> joking attest. I'm like still I can't like I'm really just eating like chicken, rice, mashed potatoes, and ginger ale. It's like, oh yeah. no. Yeah, he's yeah, working yeah. his way back. Oh. Yeah, I'm really I'm taking the, I'm taking the scenic route back to eating and, and consuming beverages. But all right, but let's let's say we also took the scenic route to get to our show tonight. Um, so we apologize for the technical difficulties, but I'll tell you what, we'll make up for it here um, and hit the ground running. So a uh, little streaming, a little network issue, but we're back up and and just just like uh, our show, baseball was having you know, a couple of issues coming back, uh, but they're back. So I'll pull up that graphic for everyone um, who's just jumping on the show. So we were saying before we got booted off the air. Um, so baseball's coming back tomorrow, technically, with uh, teams returning their facilities on July 1st. Uh, and then, like I said, opening days July 23rd to July 24th. Um, there's a lot to break down here, right? I mean, are we excited for starters? I guess that's kind of a cheesy question, but you're like, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, what makes me excited about this is it's a shakeup. It's something a little bit different than we're used to. Um, I think the sport needed a little bit of, of something – and the purists are going to hate me for saying that, but I think the sport needed a little bit of a little bit of something to kind of reboot and generate the fan, get the fans back into it. Um, I think this to me is more of a sprint than a marathon, and everything means a lot more. I know, Karen, we talked about that in previous shows, 
So that's what's exciting to me. Uh, the yeah, it's funny as I think about it how we're bringing fans back and rah rah, but the process to get to this point was not very rah rah or fan friendly. But besides that, yes, I'm just very excited because it's a shake up, it's something new. You know, it's a facelift in my opinion. Yeah, Joe, you're reading my mind. I still look on your face over there. It's like, I, I, is there a part of us that has to like look ourselves in the mirror and be like, I'm not coming back after how you treated me? I mean, I, you know, we're not, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, it, my honest answer is yes, I am excited because a, as crazy as the negotiation process has been between the MLBPA and the MLB, um, it seems like it's the same thing every time there's a collective bargaining agreement coming up or whatnot, they all do this song and dance where we're on the edge of our seats saying, is there going to be a season or not? At the end of the day, uh, guys like us, we're going to take what we can get a 16 game schedule. We're going to jump right into that. I'm super excited about it. Much like Zach said, it's kind of a new, it's new uncharted territory. It's going to be a sprint. Everyone's going to be involved. So like, really, I, I just, well, I mean, up to a point, yeah, there's going to be teams that eventually will fall back and be eliminated, but I think it's just going to be something so new. And, you know, we went from March, mid-March, late March, hoping for baseball, getting amped for baseball to have it completely taken away from us before it even starts. And to know we're getting something back to know that I'm going to be able to see Bryce Harper do his thing to see Aaron Nola do his thing. I, I I'm, so excited it's funny it's actually just thinking everyone's like oh everyone has a chance i kind of want to look up the marlins record in april last year because if you just look at their first 30 games you're like it's over, <laughs> over like it's over the first week of the season that's how bad it is um but no you're right. outside let me let me spin the question to you this way then i have a question so uh what would you say we'll go first on the positive side what's the with this whole shakeup? what you know right there's obviously, obviously a lot of changes um to this season so probably gonna be the most unique baseball season we ever see as fans um but what would you say out of all the changes to the landscape is the one thing that that sticks out to you the most that you're excited about or excited to see if it's a change or anything that's something that pops out to you that you're looking forward to checking out yeah so for me i mean personally i really like that extra inning rule where you have the player at second i know it's very backyard baseball like but I don't know. I just think that's going to be exciting to watch. I mean, if uh, <clears throat> extra inning baseball was all, always good, but the fact that, are, that each team is going to have a runner on second to start kind of reminds me of the old like little league or back backyard wiffle ball days or wiffle ball Wednesdays, if you will. Here. Okay. <laughs> so I'm excited to see that. I think that's going to be great entertainment. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's going to be this realignment that's basically regional based. Uh, you're going to get a lot of Yankees for the Phillies perspective. You're going to get a lot of Yankees, Red Sox, AL East, essentially outside of the Rays. You're going to still have your NL East teams that are geographically located near the Phillies. You're going to get, and uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, the DH rule will go into effect yeah. this year. Yeah, so I think you're going to get a good idea of, okay, could we hang with a schedule that's based with a lot of Yankee games, a lot of Red Sox games, can what, what can we do with that coming from a Philly standpoint? And you're going to get a really good measuring stick of just how good they could be. Uh, and to see that across baseball, uh, it might be something where if it really takes off, they might seriously consider going to this new setup. So I'm really excited to see how that kind of shakes out. That'd be so cool. It's funny. And I'll kind of 
take a, a little bit of a break with these different games. I'm kind of looking at it from the perspective. I know I broke it down, I think, like one or two shows ago, but the whole idea that each series is essentially the equivalency to a football game. It's like a, fo- a week in football, right? It's like for every three and a half games of baseball, it's a, it's a game of football, if you will. So to me, you just got to look at your series is just like you have to win a game in football, right? So it's you got to at least take two out of three every time. You, there's no room. You can't lose series. You can yeah. afford to maybe lose, what, five, six series. If we're doing the math like in, in football terms. Like you can lose like five, six games. Like So you realistically lose five series, maybe six series. Yeah, every game matters, and uh, I'm just excited to see it, this. To me, like, no, no offense, Karen, but like the Marlins, in a sense, a lot of those teams that usually don't have a chance have a chance this year because. Oh, yeah, what, what do you for, think? You hurt my feelings saying that? <laughs> of course, for me, that. <laughs> for me, this this year, like, obviously, talent's involved, but it's also going to be what team can mentally adjust to that sprinter's mentality. There's a huge difference. I mean, you know, Karen, you ran cross country where you got to run ten miles versus you got to run sixty yards or whatever. You know? Oh, yeah. So, it's just a totally different mentality. And I'm going to, I'm excited to see what team can mentally adapt. Same well, with the NBA yes. in their situation. I'm just excited to see what teams are going to be able to adapt to this. So do you think you'll watch the games more? I mean, I, I, all right, let me actually step back. Cause I know there's the, obviously the layer of, Oh my God, we'll be so happy. Baseball will be back. And I'll definitely be watching it, but think of it kind of from a football perspective, how like you can always watch a football game. Cause it kind of has some meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, if MLB, there's a game on, you're in, and you're just down to just watch a lot more baseball this like this back end of summer, if you will. Yeah, I, th- I think so because, like, like I said, because of the meaning, like how much each game means, and then Joe, like what you were saying with the how it's going to be more regionally based. Our schedule, the Phillies, the Yankees, that that is going to be a tough. That's going to be a gauntlet coming out of that grouping. You know, with the Red Sox, Yankees, and you know, like you said, NL East uh, teams, it's it's going to be tough. So every game is going to be. <laughs> very, very. I mean, the Nationals very, are in there. They just won the World Series too. The Nationals too. Yeah, we're all we're all overlooking the Nationals, <laughs> but uh, yeah, absolutely. I think every game's gonna just because it means more. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a dogfight every game. So yeah, absolutely. And uh, to the point that you're saying, uh, Karen, like with how we all get excited for football games, and I think why sometimes we might lose that excitement with with baseball is football games are once a week, whereas baseball games are pretty much almost every day. So yeah. it's like, you know, it's a normal day thing. But Watching like a set of downs every day. <laughs> yeah. But with this new schedule and how just tight the schedule is going to be, I think we're, it will feel a little bit differently this season. Yeah. Hey, all right. It's, that's funny. So I was going to say, is there, is there something with this whole shakeup that you just hate besides the fact that there's, you know, fans not in the stands if, or something like that? Yeah. So what I dislike the most, I would say is, a, just how long it took us to get to this point and all the bickering back and forth because overall it's a little bit of a black of a black eye for the MLB and the players. And uh, I I guess the thing I dislike the most and I totally get it is the players coming out and saying, oh, I'm not playing, you know, because of the concerns over The way they handled it was so yeah. bad. <laughs> right. It's just very childish if you ask me. I respect the decision not to play, but it's kind of – it's at the same point. It's like it's a little disheartening. Well, it's not what you say. It's how you say it sometimes. <laughs> Right. And like, that's kind of the whole thing of baseball. We're like, you're just making it so damn evident that you don't really care about the fans getting the enjoyment or satisfaction of watching people play the sport in the summer. No, you're just more interested in the dollars and cents and this and that and the other. They made it pretty obvious. That's all they cared about. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, well, it's funny. So I'll go next. So I'm laughing because that the one you said you're looking for the most, I hate that. 
I, I'm not, you know me, I'm kind of old school. I'm not looking forward to this whole idea that baseball is starting extra innings with a guy on second base to kind of get the motor running. Why? Why? You're not doing it for the first nine innings of the game. It's it's the equivalency, like I said to you, it's the equivalency of, of doing a free throw shooting contest or playing knockout to to, 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 uh, to find out who wins an NBA game after the first overtime's over or something. I mean, I, you know I don't like the shootout in hockey. Just, I mean, yeah. I think part of the reason is just from a health perspective and not letting the games linger to like an 18 inning game. Then they got to wake up and play another nine inning back to back. That's fair. That's so fair. I understand right. that. I understand. Fair, but I just, I don't soul. like it, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. You're right. I mean, uh, I, I, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went from literally in college, I would listen to the Phillies games that I couldn't get on TV. So like on the radio. So I went from being that type of fan to like a non-existent baseball fan. So this is like refreshing to me. <laughs> Joe, what about you? Uh, to kind of piggyback off of Zach's point, um, but to particularly hone in on a, on a date, the fact that we're not going to have baseball on the 4th of July, uh, that's a huge hit to me. I mean, that's baseball is America's pastime. And to know that, you know, this Saturday, there's not going to be Yankees, Mets, or Phillies, Nationals, and you could go to suck. the ballpark, or even if you're not at the ballpark, just throw on baseball. You probably got would have a whole day of baseball games lined up, and to not have that, oh, yeah. all because uh, that this process dragged out for as long as it did, that really sticks in my crawl. Yeah, because, I mean, you think about – is there something to blame with? I mean, we're looking at all these other sports that got back. Is there anything to blame for these other ones not coming back at the same time? Or you think it was because they were trying to juggle fans or right? I mean, I think it had to ahead, do with, Zach, yeah. yeah, I think it had to do partially with the timing, I think, because baseball didn't start yet. So they like felt like they could, you know, drag their feet and kind of, you know, be cautious with this decision, I guess. That's my only take of how I think. But uh, whereas like with football or not football, with basketball and hockey, they were already like midway through ready for playoffs so they kind of i feel like adapted a little bit quicker whereas baseball you know but then the ugliness reared out about the whole paying and all that back and forth so yeah it's your day i'm gonna miss that yeah i'm gonna miss the sorry joe i'm gonna miss the uh the american flag like the hats with the american flag on it you know the different designs personally but right I, I think across all the sports, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's a business. And each of the commissioners were saying, okay, we got to get back at some point, whether it's NBA and NHL, they got to finish up their season. MLS briefly started and then they had to stop and they're coming back. It seems like next week, I think the eighth. Um, but really with baseball, it's to your point, Zach. Yeah. They didn't really start opening day so they didn't really have that rush to say okay well we already technically started we should pick up and it's i think they juggled whether or not we do it and i I believe in the clause of the negotiation between mlbpa and uh, mlb it came down to okay well there comes this date where the commissioner can essentially mandate a 60 game schedule Um, So really, a lot of it was the pushback and forth between both sides. It was really the MLBPA saying, okay, we're not sure this is safe. We don't know how much we're going to get paid, whether we're going to get full game checks or prorated salaries. And I think that's kind of where it's separated between everything else, because I think the NBA kind of has their deal figured out as far as the players that they're going to get paid. I think it's the same with the NHL. Granted, I could be wrong. But really, because the season didn't start for MLB, that's where it's, okay, the owners are saying they're losing so much money. 
and they want to get money back for games not played. And then the players are saying, well, that's not fair. And I think that kind of just wrapped into one huge ball of ugliness that kind of got us where we are now. It's so ugly. I'm looking at the chat too. I didn't realize there's no all-star game this year. Yeah. I mean, which does, that's the one all-star game I do kind of enjoy watching either way because they can try a little bit. That's mm-hmm. the only one I care about because it actually means something. Yeah. It used to. I mean, that's the thing. That's the only thing. I mean, should we talk mm-hmm. about that for a second? Did that bother you? Because I'll, I'll defer to both of you guys. You're Phillies fans. This kind of was taking place right as you guys were making your runs. So you you cared about when Charlie Manuel was managing that, you know, the all-star games. Like, do you, looking back on it, did you prefer that game to mean something? Thinking, because you're, you're thinking the Phillies are going to the World Series, right? They, they can make a run. Was that in the back of your head? Like, this is so stupid that, like, what might decide the World Series home field is, is based upon this? Or did you love it? I loved it. Because you get to watch a game with all the, the best stars in the in the league, and it actually means something. It's And, it, you know, there's a meaning to the game, and it's fun to watch because of all the talent on the field. So I loved it. Yeah, and, and it's weird because all these all-star games, no matter what sport you're watching, it seems like, I don't know, maybe I'm getting more cynical as I get older. It seems like it means less and less because it seems like the pe- players almost kind of don't care as much. Uh, but really, with the MLB all-star game, it's it feels like it's the biggest honor out of all the sports to get selected for that game. And then when you tie in when it had something behind it as far as, okay, if the NL or AL wins, they get the home – World Series home field advantage, that's a huge, you know, deal for whoever comes out of each of those leagues, respectively, for the World Series. So I feel like when you take that away, it's kind of uh, you're just relying on the players really cherishing the idea of playing in the All-Star game. And if it, they really don't care that much, like it seems like they don't in the NFL, which makes sense because you're more likely to get hurt in a Pro Bowl. But when the players don't seem to care as much, it's really like, why, do the, why should the fans, outside exactly. of just the love of seeing the, quote, you know, superstars of the whole league? Right. That's the thing. It's like, unless you're betting on it, who cares? I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure that guy, right? But it's like, I mean, at least as a – because the way I look at it is as a Marlins fan, right? Your team's 17 games out of uh, first place around the All-Star break. So it's, you know, you're, you know you're out. So you're just like, all right, well, you know, like, but it's still fun. I don't know why I still care because I always think, well, maybe they'll win like 50 straight games, then you know they'll get in and somehow. <laughs> but when it, when you're right, when it takes away all the meaning from the jump, that's see, that's where I have a hard time with it. And you're right, that's and where's the incentive to watch it? Yeah. Um, right, I, so, I, yeah let me just know. say something real quick about yeah, the sure. NBA about the NBA All Star game when they were when they were showing the Last Dance and they showed some of the footage from the NBA games from like the late 90s, early 2000s with Kobe and MJ. I don't know if it was just me, but they were actually playing hard in those. Yeah. Games. Whereas they now were. it's like, oh, let's see how many alley oops we can do, and it's all like a, it's like a street ball for fun. It's a BS festival now. Yeah. So I, that's all. I had to get it out there. I'm, it's just awful. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. That's such a good point. It's more of a show now in the NBA. It's the NBA All Star Weekend in basketball. Right. It's the, oh, yeah. the all the contests, three point contests and stuff. Not saying that it wasn't a big thing back when Larry Bird and all them were playing, but mm. to Zach's point, it's okay. We got our best versus your best. It's going to be a lockdown game. We're going to hold you to as many or as few oh, points as we can. was out there trying to win. Yeah, he's trying to lock down Kobe. Kobe's trying to do the same. Now it's kind of, okay, Embiid can shoot his threes. Uh, they can do full court passes, you know, five pass alley-oop, slam a jamma, whatever. And <laughs> it's kind of like, all right, well, can we just get the best of the best to play 100% against each other like we, we did back in the day? It's like That's that really what people scrimmage. want to see. 
kind of yeah. from the from the you know when they were saying they had that closed door scrimmage. It's like it was like that. Not anymore. No. I'm more interested in watching the three point contest. The dunk contest sucks now in the NBA. My opinion. It's all just going down the tubes. (laughs) It really is. All right. Well, speaking of that, we all thought that the Patriots were going down the tubes and Tom Brady left. How how cheesy was that as a segue? We didn't actually think that because I think everyone that with a brain realized that, you know, the Patriots find a way to figure it out, uh, which they did. Um, so we do have been to it a little bit yesterday with Cam Newton uh, signing a one-year deal for about, what, 7.5 mil, I think it was, uh, with the Patriots. So get this out. Get my notes out. Yep. Uh, actually, I'm really notes. My question more for you guys is, is this a big deal? I know we talked about it because we had everyone's talking about it, but now it's almost like day two of everyone, like, locking in, like, well, what Bill Belichick do to, you know, tailor the offense around? It's just like, oh, hey, slow down. Like, mm-hmm. slow down. Right? Yeah. Well, I think it's – I guess I would say it is a big deal just because it's Cam Newton and he's a big name free agent, like that sexy signing that the Patriots, you know, aren't typically necessarily like known for doing that, those type of things, I guess. So yeah, for that, it is a big deal. Um, I mean, he's only, he just turned 31 a month or so ago. So he, while there are, yeah, there are a lot of miles, miles when you take a, when you take into consideration his injuries and not much he's run the, the beatings he's taken, while there's a lot of miles on, he's still fairly young and still has time to grow in the league. Um, I think it is a big deal. I don't know if it necessarily makes them like a playoff threat per se, because as you know, I've been pretty high on the Dolphins this year, and the Bills are obviously Josh me, Allen's the, the the key player there with them, in my opinion. But let me interrupt you and, and put the question this way for you, with what you're just and I'm not to interrupt you, but it's more just because what you're bringing up with the Patriots playoff chances. How much did your mindset of what they can do to either make the playoffs or go into the playoffs changed by them signing Cam Newton. It personally, it, it didn't because for some reason I just had a feeling that Jarrett Stidham was going to be actually half decent. Um, there was just a lot of question marks with the Patriots and now getting Cam, it kind of, there's still question marks, but there's just not as many in my opinion. So it didn't really, if you're asking me, I, still wouldn't put money on the Patriots to make the playoffs, but um, it just took away the question marks. I don't know if that answers your question, uh, Karen, but. No, it does. No, it does. Joe, what about you though? Cause it's funny. I feel like you, you brought up a point before the show too, about Stanham maybe not, is not that bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we, when we boil it all down, it absolutely is a big deal because when we, when the news broke that Brady was going to leave the Patriots, regardless of where he went, we all thought to ourselves, okay, now we're going to figure out what was truly the secret sauce. Was it Brady and everything he brings? Or was, is it going to be Belichick? Obviously, the marriage between the two is huge, which is why they had that success they had for 20-plus years, six Super Bowl wins. Um, but we're, we, we now want to see, okay, um, you take Brady out of the equation – what's Belichick going to do? And when you throw in the fact that you're signing a former NFL MVP who went to a Super Bowl, that's huge. And we got to really, I feel like we're going to have a almost Drew Brees part two scenario on our hands where there's a lot of people questioning Cam Newton's health. And we need that answer of, did he not get a lot of interest truly because there are very serious concerns about how much he has left in the tank or is it going to be Belichick's just going to take him? He's going to mold that offense around him, say, here's everything I need you to do. As long as you do it, we're going to be fine. And if that gets them to the playoffs and it gets them a deep run, 
we then revisit the fact of, okay, maybe they resign him. I think they would probably go more towards franchise tagging him, but we'll get a good, we'll get a good feel of how much cam has left, uh, whether or not he's truly healthy and then whether or not Bill Belichick is the true mastermind of all this success. And I think part of that is we're going to, we need to see what Brady does in Tampa Bay. Um, but I absolutely do feel like this is going to be a big deal, but to kind of get to your point, if cam doesn't work out and he's truly not healthy, I'm not going to say, okay, they're truly done. I'm going to wait to see what Stidham has. Cause I feel like cam will be the guy to get the first shot. If for whatever reason it doesn't work out, he's going to go to Stidham and it could be Brady 2.0 again for all we know. Yeah. So, I mean, so, go ahead. I was, I have a question. I was going to split the switch, but Kieran, you go, you go. First. No, no, no please. No, take, you got it. So cam and Stidham both went to Auburn. Is there any weird connection between those two? that we might not know about <laughs> that, that could Probably be a secret not, reason. So they're what, eight years apart in age probably. True. Yeah. I think he's 23, 24. So yeah. Maybe there's a connection in the front office somewhere with Auburn, but yeah, I'd kind of agree with Kieran. I don't, I don't really know how, especially if they're going to be fighting each other for that starting yeah. job. If there is any I, connection, it's, it's not going to. Yeah. I had well. my conspiracy theory hat on today. So I was just curious. <laughs> Well, so I think here's what's interesting about there's a couple layers to this that, that I find so intriguing because I, I don't think it necessarily means that Jared's just a guy signing a one year deal, a prove it deal does not necessarily mean that the guy that's sitting behind him or whatever, if you will, is out of a job, right? Like you're not holding on to anybody that's a one year deal. You cut him right at the end of training camp. And I'm not saying they will cut him. I'm just saying there's I think there's a better chance that they would cut him at the end of training camp if his body wasn't the way it was or da 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 then that he takes them and just all of a sudden they go like 14 and 2 and everyone's like whoa 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 um the 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 smoking gun to me is that no one else wanted him right that that now here's the thing I, you got to take all of that with a grain of salt right i'm 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 seeing on twitter that the browns i guess kicked the tires a little bit uh, and the Patriots were the only active one that offered a contract. It's like, okay, I have absolutely no idea if any of that's true. But let's just pretend it is because that's what we see on Twitter. You know, we know that everything we see on Twitter is true. Um, but what's interesting to me is, okay, if that's truly the case, I keep hearing, oh, well, it's because Bill Belichick's been enamored with him since, you know, for the last five or six years. And he loves mobile quarterbacks and has such a hard time preparing for mobile quarterbacks and blah, 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 blah. Okay. But it doesn't all add up to me then. So his, his body's breaking down. He's getting older. That kind of like flows into maybe why people don't want him. So then the reason why the Patriots want it, like it doesn't, to me, it's almost like, and Joe, you said it last night, right? They could bring him in. It's not over for Stidham. They could always bring him in just to push him now. And then now it's not just his job. Now, now all of a sudden he's the guy outside looking in and now he's got, you know, some pressure and he's going to work his ass off, which ultimately, regardless of what happens after a year, that's probably their end game. So it's just, instead of just, this is almost in a weird way. I feel like a Patriots way of, um, I'm trying to use like almost like a Venn diagram, whatever that middle ground is between kind of Tom Brady and then the future, right? This kind of just like kind of glazes that over. So now all of a sudden it's not like, oh, well, what's the difference between Jared Stidham and Tom Brady, Bill? Like, you know, it's like, it's, you got all the cam in there and cam's like a, the perfect guy. I feel like too, to kind of like wipe that down. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like if, if they kind of like what they have in Jared Stidham and then you hire Cam Newton and say, all right, well, we got our, you know, previous MVP Cam Newton here. Let's see what he does. If he doesn't do well, all right, then we got our young gun Jared Stidham. So in a sense, it's almost, it's almost like a win-win in a sense, maybe. Well, and Joe G has a great point in the chat. He just dropped in there. It's 
like David, you got one guy who's trying to hang on to stay in the league, and you got one guy who's trying to make it in the league. That's a and you have those two guys fighting. Mm-hmm. That's that's like great. That's like almost the playoffs where there's the really really young team, and then there's like the really really the veteran team. It's like like Kentucky versus uh Princeton or something in the tournament. It's like that's you know it's it's interesting. That's that's a great way to put it. Um, so everyone's fighting for their job essentially, like literally. Yeah, it, it's yeah, exactly. It's like gladiator in there. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script and I'm gonna ask both of you a question on the spot here. <laughs> so so uh, what is a bigger deal, Cam going to the Patriots or Tom Brady going to the Bucks? Joey, that's you want to start off on that? When no, I, say, I was gonna say I, I'll add I'm, some context. Okay. So, okay. So when I say bigger deal, meaning like biggest impact to the team, I guess, and a bigger get maybe. Right. Yes. Exactly. So, Kieran, if you if you're uh, still thinking about it, I guess I'll go. I Take think it if you want, I'm trying to think in my head like how I want to put this. I think Brady going to the Bucks is bigger um, because kind of where I was going with the Patriots. Yeah, it's great that they add Cam Newton, a former NFL MVP. But I think we all can agree that Belichick won't just hand him the job if he feels he's not going to be the guy. He will go with Stidham. Or he, if he has to cut Cam Newton, he'll cut him without a second thought. He'll say, okay, I'll just go with my normal plan because that's what Belichick does. He flies by the seat of his own pants. Whereas Tom Brady, you're taking arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Bruce Arians essentially recruited him there. And you're surrounding him with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, now Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard. And you're essentially saying, okay, we're upgrading from Jameis Winston. Um, he, Brady might not be able to throw the ball you know, 80 yards downfield, but he can certainly dink and dunk. He might hit these guys with perfect passes. And if that's the formula for Tampa Bay for their success – um, for any you know faults that Jameis might have had, if you're minimizing your turnovers, whether they're inter- interceptions or fumbles that Brady can do, and he can just get them downfield and score points, I think that's going to be huge for Tampa Bay. That's really what we're looking to see is where's the where's the difference, whether positive or negative, between going from Jameis Winston these past couple of years to now adding Tom Brady and seeing how their offense goes and how their overall game develops. Yeah, I I can't say with a good heart, Zach. Like, how am I supposed to sit here? I just went on a, a rant about how Stenum could still win the job, right? If I, like, basically, one guy's job is still kind of in question. We're talking about one is a quarterback battle, and one one's not, <laughs> right? Alexa, who's the backup quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? The backup quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is Blaine Gabbert. Oh, okay, so man. there's no, there's absolutely God help zero us. That answers the question right there. She drops Blaine Gabbard out there. That's worth two points, Alexa. Good job. That's two points. Yeah. <laughs> How did you even know Blaine Gabbard exists? <laughs> oh, good job. He's still in the league? No way. There's no way he's actually their backup right now. Is he really? <laughs> Apparently. So uh, no. they're putting a lot of faith in Tom Brady's 43 year old knee. That just answers the question right there because if I said, okay, by the way, who would you rather have as your quarterback, Jared Sidham or Blaine Gabbard? You're looking at me like i have 10 heads yeah right i mean honest to god even if we're like oh by the way bill belichick wants to get his hands on blaine gabbert and you know mold him like i don't think he can save him <laughs> like is jake locker the third string quarterback i mean yeah <laughs> like, I, come I, th- on. I think in that case then we, we would be questioning uh bill belichick's coaching style of if he was going to try to mold blaine gabbert yikes yeah i mean I, I honestly can't believe he's still in the league but um all right nevertheless i mean I, I, all right let's 
I'll come at it. And this is how you know it's not a planned sports segment, right? Because to that point, right, this would be the part where I would normally say, oh, okay, Joe, you said that uh, Tom Brady saw like Cam Newton. No, I mean, like, if you want me to just pretend, like, just to make an argument of why New England, right, you got us a better, like, right, you were throwing a kid out there that has only seen preseason action. That's a little tough. Now you at least have one more year where he kind of knows that he's the um, the Aaron waiting, if you will. And now that you have that, you know, I mean, you have that extra layer to kind of let him sit and really, it's like, okay, you're, you're on deck. You're on the on deck circle this year. Cam Newton, watch him. Like now you had two quarterbacks, two veteran quarterbacks. You could watch like something like that. Maybe. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just think to myself, what, what's, is he, is, I don't think of Cam Newton as a dink and dunk passer. I think of him more as a guy that is a really physical uh, quarterback that can get the ball down the field and also can run a little bit, right? Like, and I'm like, it's why I don't even label him as a scrambling quarterback. No, he like runs like a running back, right? It's like second and four. He'll run for five yards. And it's yeah. like, that's a first down. I mean, and, and it works. How much more of that body does he have left to do that though? Well, to that point, I think we're going to see a, a Cam 2.0, if you will. I don't think we're going to see the normal Cam Newton who's going to go out there and, and risk his body play after play. I think he's wisened up a little bit. And I think with having Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick in his ear, I think he'll be more aware of that. So I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I see him rushing for hundreds and hundreds of yards like he used to. So, I mean, that's, we'll have to wait and see, but that's kind of what I'm thinking we're going to see this year. So we might see a, a dink and dunk Cam. Zach, I kind of agree with you, honestly. I, I think if Cam's going to work out in New England, he's going to have to adhere to whatever Belichick and McDaniels want. They're going to break it down for him. They're going to say, look, this is how we're going to do things. And I think they will tailor it to his strengths, but we're going to they're going to say, like, you know, you're not going to be running for our – close to 100 yards a game you're going to be throwing these you know flag routes or slant routes and with your arm you're going to zip them in there and our guys are going to catch it and they might be eight yard throws but they're just going to you know try and set him and the team up for success and it's whether or not he can kind of work in that method that they have I, I don't really see them going out of their way to change their patriot way they're going to bring people in and say this is how you do it if, if it's not going to work then it's just not going to work Absolutely. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be interesting. I mean, it's, I was just sitting there picturing like watching him in a Patriots uniform. It's, it's wild, right? You're going to see Tom Brady in a box uniform. Like it's just, it, all of it's so trippy. Yeah. It's a, it's a new league. It's a whole new league. <laughs> it is. I'll tell you. So we got the college football thing. We didn't really get to, but we were kind of breaking that down. We could say that for radio. You want to get into a little show versus street? Cause it's Tuesday. Let's do it might as well. Yeah, might as well. Right. All right. Uh, let's pull it up. So our little Tuesday action segment show versus street. We give you the opinion of what we would say on the show. And we also, you know, a couple of cocktails in, maybe we're watching the game on a Saturday night and we're pissed off all that, you know? Yeah. So um, we're going to give you kind of our show opinion and then our, our, if you caught us on the street, what we might say opinion, not that. And, and, and I always love how we have to clarify, like what the show opinion is like the, the, the one we would know, like, that's the good, that's the good opinion. Like you don't want to meet me on the street. Cause I'm just emotional as a sports fan. So um, this is like me putting it all together and, and, you know, right. So, uh, all right. And it's funny. Cause sometimes we don't even do sports since that point. Uh, I actually went off the sports page for, should I start? I mean, I'm like, I'm just running on. Yeah. Uh, I'll wait, I'll wait to start. Cause, cause what well, your, your topic is, is pretty passionate. I feel like, so I want to hear it. All right, I'll tell you, do you want to walk it in? Because I yeah. actually don't even know your opinion on this, yeah. this show. Yeah, so 
What I want to ask you, Karen, is what I'm going to tell you. For I'm not going to ask. I'm going to tell you. Okay. Friends, Friends was a phenomenal TV show. All right. Friends paved the way for The Office. Paved the way for How I Met Your Mother. Paved the way for all those other sitcoms that follow suit. And that was a great show. Give me your opinion. Do you actually believe that? <laughs> Honestly, I, I just want to know. I, I that was do. a passion there. Whoa. I do believe it. All right, all right, all right. So, all right, let's give me your, uh, give me your, there we go. Your I love, show. There we go. The chat's already gonna get. All right, all right. I gotta start with you. Right, you're right. You're right. This is the street version. You're absolutely right, Zach. It is a really. It is a. It is a. An iconic. Wait, this is the show, show or street version? This is a show. Okay, all right. And and the show Friends was a was an iconic show uh, that brought many viewers. Uh, who was it? Who who who? CBS, NBC. Who was NBC, that? NBC. NBC. They were the they were the original. T- okay. Yeah. Um. It's it's uh it was the first of its its time. <laughs> I gave you it, some it, more it's terms. Popular. <laughs> it's popular. It's popular. It's a popular show. Uh, Jennifer Aniston um, is beautiful, and she's in the show. Uh, that Joey guy, I don't know his last name, but he's in the show. Joey Tribbiani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, what's David uh, David Swimmer's in it? Yeah, he plays Ross. And that's the only yeah. That's the only thing I can really name that he's in besides Entourage when they kind of joke around trying to script him in something that's not that role um can i please stop yeah <laughs> yeah i can, I can tell i can tell you that was a lot <laughs> that was very painful for you god so. that show sucks sorry i'm sorry that's my street for like i even it's funny so i even was just sitting there and it's just so typical right like I, it's just it's it's to me if i said hey by the way like i i bought seinfeld but i i, I paid five times too much for what i ordered do you mind actually i, I want i want literally to pay like 20 percent of this like oh here i'll get you friends it's like oh great Great. So it's the same thing. It's the same premise. Four people sitting around an apartment talking, and it's just, and they're actually, no, 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 we actually have five in our show. It's like, oh, great. And all of them are not funny or interesting. It's like, yeah, how about that? Um, and they, it's just literally, they, it's funny you mentioned that the office because I feel like they try to do like those camera looks, even though it's obviously not a documentary, but it, they're just not funny. It's just like, come on, Rachel. And I'm like, come on. Come on. It, it sucks. It's a, as a Seinfeld person, as an office person, I, I truly think when it's on, it, Joe, I've said this to you how many times, it's the type of show where if it's on, all right, look, if, if, if Zach, if you're watching it, we're like, if we're all going on a giant sidetrack trip, right? And you have it on the hotel room, I'm not going to be like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> but you're just like, oh, here, sit, we'll watch some friends. I just be like, um, let me go yeah, for a walk. I'm good. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go for a walk. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go read. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to get me to start reading? Just put a friend's marathon on the part. <laughs> all right. All right. Sorry. I had to let all that out, but you know, Hey, same friends paid away for offices like Bill. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at the chat. So saying friends paved the way for the office is like Bill Nye, the science guy paving the way for breaking bad. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that, that's a great, I can't, I don't think I can come back, come back from that one. It's, That's hilarious. I, there's there's never been a point where I've even laughed. See, the thing is, I look. I'll look at it this way. I actually think it's a poor version of How I Met Your Mother, which I don't even think it's that funny of a show either. But at least oh. I I've sat there and I've like chuckled at like a joke here or a joke there. If it's just on Friends, I'm just like I don't I don't, I don't get it. I don't even know who's dating who half the time of the show. Oh, they, they pass around a lot in that show. <laughs> See, that's just so unrealistic. No one would no, no, no one would just have to have that like friendship, like friends with benefits, like, you know, whatever, our Pentagon of, of hooking up, right? That doesn't happen. Well, they didn't really have friends with benefits too often. It was just the, a couple a couple times with Ross with Ross and Rachel. 
It wasn't like it was a giant orgy of the friend circle. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Enough with friends. Cause I, I could sit here and just talk about how much I, I respect, like I respect your opinion. Cause I all think right. friends, I think friends is a good show. I'm, I, I'm a huge office fan, all that. I'm just saying, I think friends, the time when they did what they did. Well, I'll tell you, I'll spin this Good. back on you. Okay. Ready? So oh, a lot geez. of people think that uh, not only is that people might say friends are stupid, but a lot of people, Zach, they complain that uh, fantasy sports are stupid and I'm not one of them. You know, I'm uh, anyone that's just tuned in tonight, you know, that that's, that's a high feel. Um, but you know, there's, there's definitely a crowd, you know, there's that crowd, right? There's disciples that just think that it's, it's a waste of time. So that's what if I said to you, Zach, that fantasy sports are a waste of time. I would say that you're well. You gotta, yeah, takes, which one, yeah, you got to pick which way you're both, going first. Both of my takes are pretty similar, I would say, except one might be a little bit more aggressive than the other. <laughs> so my show, I would say, um, well, I, I think you are politely, I'm you are politely incorrect because. What playing fantasy sports brings you back with all your friends that you're growing up with your college buddies so you don't get to see you know year after year or maybe you see them once a year you kind of brings everyone together you can have some fun you know poke fun at each other for some trades or their team name or stupid things like that and it's a, it's a good time it brings you know it brings the friends together and it keeps you in the loop on whatever sport you're doing fantasy uh, sports for it keeps you up to date and involved with the game now on the street i would say that you're an absolute moron and that when you throw a little bit of money on, on the side, it absolutely is meaningful and it means a lot. So, <laughs> um, yeah. But so basically it, I echo, I'll echo my show thing by saying the whole friends part, cause that's absolutely true. But on the street, I'll say, all right, well then throw you know a couple hundred dollars in the ring and then see how stupid it is. Like, so there you go. I mean, one side is my more degenerate money hungry side. And the other side is my more, all oh, my friends from college. So I'll add, and Joe, I want your opinion on this too. I, I, I'll add this caveat. You're right, Zach, but let me let me throw this curveball in there. What about the people that say, oh, I don't have a team, I just play fantasy sports? Kind of like the show The League, which I thought was obviously a funny show, but just like people like that in real life, if they didn't actually care about who they're rooting for, it's just literally Sundays, they're fan- it's just for fantasy. I think that's all right. I think that's okay. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to like just make like an Oscar the Grouch look, but <laughs> because that was me with fantasy basketball. <laughs> because I, I played, and I mean, yeah, I'm a Knicks fan, but like, come on, how serious of a Knicks fan could I have been over the last 10, 15 years of my life? No, that's fair. So, so like in that situation, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's okay. You you guys feel strongly the opposite, Joe? You take because I, I I have my feelings, but <laughs> I mean. Personally, I I find it it does not really compute in my head how you can be so in the fantasy football and not really have a team that you kind of live and breathe and and die with. However, I'm if that's someone's connection to their friend group, kind of how you know we were saying with um, you know if you're not keeping really good t- in touch with anyone from college or whatever, but you have your fantasy football league and that's how you kind of stay connected. That's always a good thing. Uh, so I'm not really going to knock anyone on that, but I feel like they're missing out if they're not a true, uh, you know, NFL fan, they don't have the Eagles aren't their team or the giants aren't their team or the Packers aren't their team. And that whole battle of, do I, do I take my own players off of my own team or am I such a right. hypochondriac of my team that I don't want to take Carson Wentz because I don't want him getting hurt or I, I can't bring myself to take Dak Prescott because he's a cowboy. 
Um, I feel like that adds another layer to the whole fantasy football experience where if you don't have your team, you're not really getting that experience. That's funny you said that too, because I, I love loading up on Packers and fan. And you know, I do. I just, I, cause I'm just like, I'm going to die either way. If someone gets hurt, just, just kill me all together. Just bring me down. Like just, you know, whoop, just end it all together. Yeah. So like, so if you didn't have them on your fantasy team, it's all right, load the gun. But then if with them on your fantasy team, it's like, all right, pull the trigger. Like it's just double, you're doubling. Oh down yeah. And if, and if everyone wins, I'm just like, well, I guess we're just the best. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> how about that? You know, it's, it's a great feeling. That's so um, funny. It's so funny. Cause I'm the opposite. Like I, I do like to get maybe one giant. And when I say one giant, like typically the kicker or like someone who is, you know, whatever. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Rosas. <laughs> Yeah, well, and who knows? He he probably wouldn't be in the lead this year, given all the stuff he's under right now. But <laughs> oh no, he was reliable um, as a fantasy kicker. But he was reliable, yeah. So for <laughs> me, like I don't, I won't reach for any of the Giants players, and that's just how I just try to keep business aside from pleasure, and I don't want to put more pressure or like you know into my team than I already do. So it's fair. Um, all right, I'll tell. Let's Joe. We'll throw one at you for your show versus street opinion. Um, and this is this one's it's close to home for you. Bringing up the Sixers, Joe. What if someone said to you, the Sixers are healthy, Joe. They're a good team and they're ready to go now. All they needed to do was get healthy. They got Ben Simmons back. They had time to make it all work. They're going to be great. They're the team that easily uh, reap the benefits of this whole layover the most. So, yeah. uh, Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, To that point, (laughs) my show answer would have to be, you got to say there's your app. I mean, that's a good thought process because taking into account um, the team, you know, you have Ben Simmons working his way back from an injury. You would hope at this point, he's no less than 85% healed, maybe 90% healed. He's, you know, we're seeing, you know, Instagram posts or whatever of him working out in the gym in LA with LeBron. He's putting in the work. Hopefully, sorry, um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm giving you my my street. I'm street. Kieran's invading Shoujo. <laughs> quite all right. That's quite all right. Uh, it's it's a huge topic. It's a very emotional topic, obviously for, sure. for all of us. But um, you know, you you got to hope that the leaders, uh, Embiid, Tobias, they're all putting in the work, and you know there is this break that they've been going through. If they're all staying conditioned, they're all hopefully healthy. And then they get this time to prepare for the restart and they run through those eight games. Ideally, they should hopefully win, you know, maybe five, six of those games, position themselves well for the playoffs. They're going to should have fresh legs and they should hopefully make a run within the Eastern Conference to get to the finals. My street answer as a Sixers fan for most of my life now, and especially over these past couple of years now that we've, quote, moved out of the process seeing what they've done is I call BS. I honestly think they're going to come back and be who they, who we know who they really are and that they're an underachieving team. They Damn straight. We keep being told we have arguably two of the best players in the league, but they don't mesh well with each other between Embiid and Simmons. When I say 85%, you, you think you'd ask yourself, he should be a hundred percent by now or 95% worked back from his back injury how is he not any you know healthier than that and then all the problems they've had over this past year they're they're magically going to fix that over this month that they're going to prepare for these final eight games in the playoffs 
I don't see it. And then, you know, if they don't, if they're one and done in the playoffs or they maybe get to where they were last year and yet still lose in the second round or the conference final, COVID's going to be the excuse. Everyone's going to make the excuse and say that, okay, well, this was an unprecedented time. You know, my counter argument would be everyone's under the same boat as and far as before COVID. Exactly. So we're, we're in you and I in chatter of the opinion that, if they don't make the finals, Brett Brown should be fired and they should take a serious look at this roster. But my honest opinion is that conversation is not going to happen because everyone's going to say, well, all right, well, they didn't do anything. COVID happened and we got to run this back next year. And I, I just, I, that is no go in my book. And then when you add in the whole variable, that we're going to have a really short off season like that, that that's what hurts me. This yeah. sucks. They can't keep doing this to us. Yeah. So I, I'm going to ask both of you as, as, diehard Sixers fans would you rather not have a season and just go right into next season with this with what you how you think the playoffs are going to go no because Brett Brown needs to get like this gives us a chance I don't think he's going to get fired after that because for whatever yeah. reason people did it's like just because the Sixers never got it off the ground and yet some for some reason no one wanted to talk about it except like this little crew like our like right like everyone like the, the fan base is like oh well they'll turn it around it's like why are they not like they should have, like, there is no more turning it around. They should have been the team from the jump setting the pace. There's no more of this. They should be better than Boston. They should be better than Toronto. They could be better than Milwaukee. If you want to say that them and Milwaukee are exchanging blows and we're just like, see ya, we'll see it for a seven-game series at the end of the road, that's fine. But we're not there. Yeah, yeah Kieran, uh, I'm kind of of the same inkling. Like this plane landed with COVID, but it's got to it's got to take back off whether or not it reaches its destination or it crashes into a side <laughs> of a mountain. Um, we we need our answers as far as what this team's going to be able to do because again, everyone is in the same boat. There's no excuses. Everyone's starting from the same point. You you do what you can with these eight games. You're going to get a good. You should get a good indication of the team after that. And then you're going to get your matchups based off of that. And we can't have any excuses for Brett Brown or this team if they fall short. We, we need to see it happen. If, if they do fall short, as painful as that might be, we need it to happen. Hopefully, you know, maybe they figure it out and maybe they make that finals run, even if they don't win it. And we can go from there. But whether it's me as a pessimist or just as a lifelong Philly sports fan, I just I don't see it happening. I don't expect it to end well for the Sixers, but at the same point, we can't not have this season and say, well, what if? We, we need an answer either, yes, it's going to work out well, or no, it's going to work out well. And then they need to adjust their plan for next year accordingly. Yeah. I, there, I, it's just one of those things where, you know, like you just said, the, you know the excuses are going to come flying out of the woodwork. It's always, uh, someone was hurt, someone couldn't. And there's and the thing is, Joe, like, that's my like what pisses me off. The all, there's always an excuse with this team. Oh, well, they're getting new players. But yeah, but that's because you keep saying that, not you, but like the second per, like the second person out loud of the, as a fan keeps saying, oh, well, that's because they don't good enough players. Oh, okay. Like, when does it fall on the coach? When does it fall on the GM? Like, so either they're getting guys that are not good and that falls on the GM, or right, and, and our Bradley's got your back, Joey. Like, and you did put that purple. I mean, right, like when when does this rotation end with these clowns? You have three guys. That you should be leaning on Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, all are getting max deals. You can't, you can't sell that excuse of you don't have the players. You have three guys that should be able to carry a team, whether or not one guy does it every night or it's every other night, one different guy does it. 
you have to figure it out. And like you said, that falls on coaching. We went through the whole process. Brett did what he did with the very few pieces he had, but now he actually has pieces, whether or not they fit together is a whole nother story. And again, that falls on the GM, but now Brett has the pieces that ideally should work to get them to the finals. And if it doesn't happen, he has to take the fall for it. And, and look, Zach, look at Toronto, for example, like, right. Everyone sat here, right. And Joe, we, I mean, right. We both did it to a certain degree. We said, okay, you, you couldn't be quiet. Understandable. He's a beast. You gotta be a next, like next year. He's not there. There's no excuses. Well, the, the Raptors are still running rings around that team. Like nothing's changed. Kawhi there, Kawhi not there. It doesn't matter. Like they, they never beat that team. No, and that speaks a lot to the culture of the team. I mean, they're, Brett Brown's not going to get more pieces than he has right now. So this is his time. And if, and if not, then yeah, I'll echo everything you're saying. He's got, he has to go. And I, and I hope, I hope, you know, it would be nice to see my, my friends who are Sixers fans. It'd be nice to see them make a run to the championship or you're pulling out somehow to, to hopefully take some of this, the cynical feelings out for you, even though I feel the same way about it as you do, but. Would I'm trying to think of a way to put this question. I want to basically say, like, would you take a championship this year? But, like, just because you know you're getting one. But there's no fans. Like, you can't tailgate. You can't actually experience, like, going down all the ga- – like, right, like, let me ask it. If you win – let me just put it that way. If you win a championship that way, I'm sorry. I have to ask it that way. I get – just let's let's just try to answer this with a little bit of a layer of understanding and not ungratefulness because, obviously, yes, if anyone wins a championship, you're screaming, you're crying, you're excited. But is – is there something even in the back of your head that's like, why did it have to be the year that nothing counted though? <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. It puts a little asterisk next to it, but at the same point, kind of like I said earlier, it, it also would speak to the psyche of the team being able to deal with all the whole situation and being stuck with Orlando, you know, essentially locked into one, one location and just having that mental toughness, which I mean, I don't think the Sixers have, but that would say something, if they could do that, I think it would, and the party would probably be even that much greater when they were allowed to have a party. Yeah. Yeah, Zach, I agree with you. I mean, at the end of the day, a champion's a championship, um, mm-hmm. no matter how it happens. Um, we would take the Sixers winning the NBA Finals. We take the Flyers winning the Stanley Cup any day. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly like it even if I have to watch it from my couch and I can't go out and drive down the North broad street and rage, like mm-hmm. I don't care. And you know, I just thought about in a sense, if everything's kind of sucked this year, wouldn't you like, at least that's like kind of a bright spot. Be like, Hey, you know, it's screwed. I'll unlock myself indoors all year long. It means the Packers win the Super Bowl. I don't care. <laughs> like we spin it the other way around, like right. Or the, or the Flyers win the Stanley cup, et cetera. Right. Yeah, I get it. Like makes sense. Absolutely. Hey, like Joe, like you said, championship to championship. They don't ask you how, they ask you how many. And I'll tell you what, Zach, to that point, a birthday is a birthday. So we got to give a shout out uh, to the Rothenberger family, right? Jesse and Jamie, your twin sisters, 23, yeah. right? Yeah, 23, you get old uh, Michael Jordan year. So that's right. That's always fun. That's always the first birthday where it starts to become like, not like, you're like, oh, I'm getting older now though. That's never the fun one. Yeah, well, they're in Ocean City, Maryland, so I'm sure they're having a grand old time. <laughs> oh, yeah, then they're having a blast. Oh, yeah, and great sports fans, too. Oh, my God, it's it's funny. When you said 23, I was like, oh, my God, I remember we were still camp- camper. Oh, oh get- come on, Ryan, he's saying the LeBron here. here. <laughs> we're trying to have good luck for him, right? You want them to do well, not, you know, just yeah. kind of 
flutter around and start just changing, you know, find what, what one moves to Miami, then they decide one moves to Cleveland, one moves to LA. What with them? Why? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> That's funny. I had to throw a lot. <laughs> uh, oh, we love it. I love our back and forth. I love the back and forth LeBron Jordan band. It's so, it makes the world go round, especially, I mean, my God, what were we talking about? Like, what, like mid March? It was just like, we had to go there. Yeah, we had to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when the last dance came out. Oh my god, no, Ryan, we love you. Um, yeah. and no, it's funny too. We gotta um you know what we should do, we should actually talk about it. we gotta get some like uh when these teams come out, we should almost like do like a simulation of the game the day before like the day of the show. Mm. Or like if if Ryan like maybe we can do something with him playing two K or something and we'll have like the the playing it out and we can see what the Sixers do and we'll be all oh yeah, it'd be fun. A little, little you know. Little, we, uh, we can set a little sidetrack money line or uh, or points. Yeah, a little betting odds <laughs> or prop bets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait for it to be back to playoff action. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 approaching fast. Yeah. So definitely. I'll tell you. And speaking of that, so no Amazon. It's weird for me not to pull up the little Amazon thing, but we're gonna come up with a new contest uh, probably next week. But in the meantime, make sure you check us out on social media. So if you don't check out our shows uh, on Twitch. Um, or you miss them out, you can always check us out. Well, you can always check them out on Twitch anyway. But you can always check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit at underscore get sidetracked. Uh, the website channel, or sorry, I can't even talk about it. My mouth's like falling down the stairs. Um, the Twitch channel, <laughs> Twitch, or get underscore sidetracked. And then uh, you can visit our website, www.get-sidetracked.com. Man, this ginger ale has really got me loopy tonight. Oof. Um, <laughs> all right. But, uh, and then to that point, if you want to follow and subscribe to us, uh, click the little heart to the left there for a follow. And if you want to subscribe, uh, you can check us out there to the right. And like I said, it's free with Amazon Prime. And if not, you can always do it. Um, and it's $4.99 right there. You can see in the little purple box. So a lot of fun stuff. A lot of great stuff here, uh, especially in sports comeback. I feel like it's we're finally kind of getting in the rhythm of it here. We're gonna, it's it's actually you know the shows are going to start rolling. Yeah, we're we're getting the juices are flowing, and uh, before we know it, football season is going to be here too. So that'll be a free for all when that happens. And Joe, we got to have you on a lot more. Like yeah, football's coming up. We have definitely almost like a fantasy council meeting. I know. Yeah, I, I with sports being away, it was it was tough. It's I don't know how you guys have been doing it, honestly, just trying to find stuff to talk about. But as as we're getting more and more back, like it's that light at the end of the tunnel. Like, let's let's just get there and a little nitty gritty. <laughs> Hopefully there's yeah. no speed bumps along the way or any Meredith yeah. Palmer for your office office fans out there. Don't get any. What, what was that? I mean, I missed that one. I said hopefully there's no speed bumps or any Meredith Palmers getting. Oh, uh, there you go. I love that part. Michael Ruddy is like a speed bump on the highway. What are you ran over that? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Joe, well, thank you for coming on. This is great. You know, yeah. get the get the full living room experience going. Boys, thank you for having me again. Like we like you said, we gotta do this a lot more. Um oh, yeah. I, I really appreciate you guys having me. And when we get our full lineup of sports back, it's hopefully just Therapy. days will get better and <laughs> we'll, we're slowly inching our way back to normalcy. <laughs> love that line too right with uh, we could do a whole thing with michael scott lines oh don't drink and drive because you might hit a bump and spill your drink <laughs> 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 uh, and it's white drop oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, also yeah. thank everyone for checking us out tonight uh on twitch and uh so we won't be on the air tomorrow we'll be back on our normal time uh thursday at seven o'clock so it's a lot of fun and uh yeah so baseball will start you know kind of coming into play a little bit they're all returning to their facilities tomorrow um, so a lot more fun as we roll into the July months. So I guess we'll see everyone in July. Uh, we'll check everyone right here uh, in the living room at seven o'clock on Thursday, but we hope everyone has a great night and we'll see you later on this week. Choose everyone. Perfect.